This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. Today, the concern over the supply chain issues in the United States is at a fever pitch. For the Biden administration, the response in regards to the why of supply chain issues begins and ends with COVID. It is their way to accelerate the contradictions. And of course, truthfully said, COVID is being used as the precipitating factor to blame all supply chain issues and problems related to the sourcing, shipping, receiving, and delivery of those goods to your local stores, or to online retailers. It is their way of showing that our system is broken and needs to be replaced because we have to build back better, which of course means building back by using the worst of all ideas, those ideas of communism, fascism, an oligarchy, a technocracy, all in one fail swoop. So in essence, COVID is the scapegoat for nearly every totalitarian effort that has been sprung upon liberal democracies across the globe. And as I had warned back in the late spring of 2020, this entire excuse for a transition into the fourth industrial revolution that began with COVID will soon revise itself into the Extinction Rebellion environmental apocalypse as the precipitating cause to change everything and anything that makes up our society. And please feel free to use the terms echo-fascism or echo-Marxism interchangeably, because it is a cluster, a stew of all these things together, the worst ideas of the last three centuries. Because both of these two terms are similarly correct. And the simple fact of the matter is that, for the most part, every necessary and vital part of our nation's goods, products, medical supplies, transportation, power, and now much more frequently our arts and entertainment are either made, manipulated, or controlled by China. That is a fact. The fact is that either a Chinese oligarch or a member of the Chinese Communist Party has the ability to turn off the spigot that controls the flow of all those necessary items into the United States. And when we speak of Chinese billionaire oligarchs, remember that their freedoms and ability to oppose the will of the Chinese Communist Party is extremely limited, and not without severe consequence. Just ask Jack Ma. Jack Ma, one of the wealthiest men in the world and the founder of the Chinese Yahoo Google equivalent Alibaba, flew too close to the sun. And in 2017 and in subsequent years, he decided to start talking to Donald Trump, even meeting with President Trump at Trump Tower. That did not sit well with Chairman Xi, and the result was that Jack Ma disappeared for a time, only resurfacing long enough to write directly to Xi earlier this year, offering to devote the rest of his life to China's rural education. So this means that even China's most successful and famous businessmen, even those that sit on the boards with the World Economic Forum, these men can be slapped down and humiliated if they are not completely subservient to the Chinese Communist Party. Even the wealthiest man in China, whose influence in billions of dollars made him one of the most powerful men on earth, well, he could be reduced to nothing if he did not bow his knee to the will of the Chinese Communist Party. Because that's how it works. The fascist neo-communist business relationships, that's how they work. 
within China. Now, I have known many people with ties to China throughout my relatively young life. My wife is Chinese, and there are many in her circles that both live in part-time in the United States and do plenty of business, though, in China. My first full state welcome visit to China, though, wasn't until 2009. Along with me, there were several businessmen and men who were recognized leaders and influencers in Christian ministry along with us for the journey. And while there is quite a bit that I could reveal in detail about what happened during that first official visit to China, here is one thing that really caused me to pause. Well, and here's the reason why it caused me to pause. See, I normally think consequentially. And when someone starts to speak to me about business or a business plan and breaks out all of their PowerPoint presentations and dizzying reams of graphs and pie charts, well, nine times out of ten, I normally end up ruining their day. Ruining the board meeting. That's unfortunately kind of the reputation that I have. Because to think consequentially means that you are thinking of all the consequences of the steps that you are taking, especially in business. And normally, I take a very negative or critical view of a proposition, thinking through all that could go wrong before considering the good. I think through the current atmosphere economic trends. I think through marketplace competitiveness and differentiation. I think through global challenges that may interrupt our economic modeling. I think through the political landscape and trends. So when a high-level executive of one of the largest Christian publishers in the world was with us on this state-approved visit to China, well, and I found out that his primary purpose was to establish a business relationship to lower his costs on publishing physical Bibles, books, and other materials. Well, I began to think consequentially. And mind you, this was in 2009, before Xi Jinping was in office, before the hardline return of Maoism that in some ways combined the hardest line of Chairman Mao with the Western-style technocratic fascism of Kissinger, Brzezinski, Rockefeller, and Deng. Well, I guess I saw some conflict, and I let it be known while we were on this trip in China. And so this sparked a bit of a debate in our van on our way to view an archaeological site in the grotesquely polluted city of Xi'an. When it came down to it, it was about profit. And I understand that. But would it be right for a Christian publisher to trust the publishing and distribution through a tenuous supply chain to an adversarial, totalitarian, downright evil nation that abhors true biblical Christianity? You know, a global superpower that was seeking to not just supplant America's place in the world stage economically and militarily, but also ideologically. I mean, for comparison, if Nazi Germany had presented a great deal to print English Bibles for Americans in the 1930s while subjecting Jews to apartheid and segregation, sort of like what we are doing in the United States today to the unvaccinated, would that consequentially be a good decision? And as I really thought through the consequences of these actions, I thought, no, well, it's not a good idea. And it is better to control the manufacturing and supply chain of the word of God in a nation where, at least for then, the laws back in 2009 would presumably be followed. China could, in fact, cut off that supply of Bibles as we dismantled the disrupted chains of production, printing, distribution of Bibles in the United States in 
and displaced all of that to China, giving them complete control. It would take us a long time to build that up again. Well, But yet, I discovered 12 years ago that nearly every major publisher of Christian Bibles and books was doing their printing in China. And that was the primary argument from the Christian book executive. And he said to me, and I remember this, look, I can get this stuff printed for pennies on the dollar in China compared to the United States. And boy, we can lower the prices of Bibles for the unsaved everywhere and make the word of God more accessible. And that was the argument. And it was a pretty good argument. Now, of course, that didn't happen. The price for the Bibles and Christian materials that they were printing never went down. In some cases, those prices went up. But the cost of printing went down for this major printer, which meant that the profits that they had rose considerably, which in my understanding of economics is just fine. I'm more Randian in the way that I approach these things. You have a responsibility to maximize your profits. But the supply chain and the ability to produce, well, that's a problem especially as we're beginning to transition, let's say, towards a fully digital or electronic way of looking at Bibles, which is something that can be edited, changed down the road. And that as well is a major problem. Well, there was a 2014 article in Christianity Today, and Christianity Today, who frequently shills for the Chinese Communist Party lately, and for neo-Marxist ideologies, especially under the control of Ed Stetzer, well, Christianity Today cheers for China in this article to continue to be the greatest printer of Bibles and Christian materials that the world has ever seen. In this article, written by Sarah Ekoff Zilstra, and please forgive me if I got your name wrong, she states the following, quote, Chances are good that your favorite Bible was just printed in China. The overwhelming majority of Bibles sold at Christian bookstores or at Barnes and Nobles were printed here, said Mark Bertrand of Bible Design Blog. And more publishers are joining in. A lot of people have misgivings about that, he said. Quote, some of this is, oh, our Bibles are printed in communist China. End quote. Others are concerned about the economic situation, about what conditions these Bibles were produced under. The Chinese government's restriction of Bible distribution is also troubling, said China Aid's Bob Fu. Quote, when brothers and sisters are being persecuted and arrested for their beliefs based on the same Bible, what does it mean to purchase an exported copy that says made in China? End quote. Since China's only legal printer of Bibles, Amity Printing Company, published its first Bible in cooperation with the United Bible Societies, which is called UBS, by the way, in 1987, 117 million Bibles have followed. More than half of those were printed in the last six years, including 12.4 million in 2013, making China the world's biggest Bible publisher. Three out of four of last year's Bibles were produced for export. The simple reason is that China is a manufacturing powerhouse in world trade, said Amity board member David Thorne. Quote, the more complex and interesting answer is that it is the outcome of God's hand on the mission of the church. End quote. I kind of struggle with that one. But choosing a printer comes down to quality and competitive price, said Tim Brenson, a buyer at Tyndale House Publishers. Quote, we print all over the world, end quote, he said. Amity does good work. Printing Bibles is more difficult than printing other types of books and requires a certain amount of expertise, he said. 
Randy Bishop, director of Bible production at HarperCollins Christian Publishing, agrees. Bibles have more steps in the production process, he said. However, the main feature that makes a Bible unique is thin paper. It takes a special expertise to print, fold, gather, and bind Bible paper. Along with providing skilled employment at above-market salaries, Amity maintains government standards in work practices and uses environmentally friendly materials, said Thorne. I know the selling on this is beginning to become rather ridiculous, but he continues, and the UBS share of Amity profits is used to subsidize Bible distribution in rural China, where scripture is harder to obtain. Now, understand what's distributed in rural China is not necessarily the same Bible that you and I have in English, and the Chinese translation, of course, always is a little bit skewed. So when an American purchases a Bible made in China, it doesn't mean a Chinese Christian will now lack one. That's his case. The difficulty Chinese Christians have in acquiring Bibles isn't because of Amity's printing abilities, but because of government restrictions on sales, said Barry Werner, chief operating officer of Bibles for China. The official... Three self-patriotic movement churches are the only ones who can order and sell the Bibles. That leaves organizations like Bibles for China, which gave away about 200,000 Bibles in rural China last year, to place their orders through the church. End quote. Now, the official state-allowed Christian church in China is the Three Self-Patriotic Movement Church, and this is the Protestant church that is both approved by the Chinese Communist Party and allowed to practice state-approved Christian worship. Now, over the last 25 years or so, the Chinese Communist Party, through the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, of whom, by the way, I stayed in regular dialogue with for over four years back in the day, well, they began a process known as theological construction to emphasize the possibility of reconciliation between the socialist system and Protestant theology. Whereas by the late 2010s and into 2020 and beyond, it is taking the form of sinicization, the harmonization of Christian theology with traditional Chinese culture as a way to channel and tame Protestant zeal. And this has also caused now the promotion of underground churches, which are becoming harder and harder to be able to do because you are under a social credit system, a constant surveillance surveillance state within China. And if you work within the realms of the Three Self-Patriotic Movement Church, well, you are going to be able to avoid the realities of the party state in the Chinese Protestant Christianity movement cracking down on you, preventing the worst kind of regime intervention and monitoring that you could possibly imagine. And yet it is these churches, the Three Self-Patriotic Movement Churches, with their doctrines that are shaped by the Marxist-fueled Communist Party that can order and sell the Bibles in China. And so what the Christian publishers should think through is that helping to legitimize the three self-patriotic church, even with some smattering of true Christians within its ranks, is probably not a good thing. Also, putting the production and distribution of Bibles in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party, which is exactly what they just did, is also probably a very bad idea. So, just like putting the production, packaging, and sending of vital medicines and pharmaceuticals into the hands of the Chinese— something that President Trump, by the way, tried to stop immediately, that is a horrible idea. That is something that we've done over the last 25 years, and it has potentially disastrous consequences for all Americans. We have put the entire pharmaceutical industry into the hands of the Communist Chinese Party. And so we have to think about our transportation sector 
and how it's been put in the hands of the Chinese. We have to think about our healthcare system and how it's been put into the hands of the Chinese. We have to think about our electronics and ability to communicate and how that's all been put into the hands of the Chinese. We have to think about our basic goods for daily life and how that's been put into the hands and the care of the Chinese Communist Party. And we have to think about the production, the printing of the Word of God and how it's been put into the hands of the Communist Chinese. The production of the Word of God has been put into the hands of the most invasive, colonizing, hegemonic, totalitarian, imperialist nation that the world has ever seen. Ever. And crazy enough, we didn't just let it happen. We made it happen. And with the current regime that we have in place in the United States, the hole will only grow deeper. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic.